Blog Talk Radio. Hallelujah, I will sing, oh Lord, I will sing, hallelujah, oh Lord, for you are the source of my supply, Lord, I praise you, I lift you high, I will sing, hallelujah, oh Shout hallelujah, I will shout, oh Lord, I will shout hallelujah, oh Lord, for you are the source of my supply, Lord, I praise you, I lift you high, I will sing hallelujah, oh Glad that I wanted to tune in to We Show, Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio. This show that I had from the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. So glad they hunted chilling and tuning in to Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. This show the Queen Quet coming to hunt live right here in the heart of the Gullah Geechee Nation, Punson, Tell Nile, South Kakalaki. And you know the Gullah Geechee Nation in Jacksonville, North Kakalaki, and Gwine, you're on to the Jacksonville, Florida. Take up all of these just sea islands and the 30 to 35 miles inland to the St. John River. So it's so glad that this evening where Hunter Children done joined we, where we the gee upliftment to the living legacy and the pay ancestral homage. So this evening, we're dedicated to this year, Oman Show, Happy Oman Month, Happy Her Story. We going to dedicate this year program to Queen and Zinga, who we want to take a moment of silence for this evening. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. So glad that 100 children are joining me from round the world and things like that. I know plenty of 100 children say, well, what kind of thing this year? Hi, Mr. Shoe and things like that. What have you been on already? Yeah, if you're tuning in on Monday evening, we don't broadcast this year on Sunday evening live because so much of things are going on here this year week surrounding. We trying to stop this year oil drilling off we course in the Gullah Geechee Nation and this year the Gullah Geechee Volunteer Month. So we want to welcome the town, the North Carolina State University for returning again this year, yeah, and thing like that. And we think this will be seventh year for them. And then we want to thank George Washington University, the down from Sapelo now, then it kind of sent Helena for it going back up yonder to D.C. to the Capitol Hill. And you know, we ain't got no hill down yonder, little country, and thing like that, since we were low sea level. But then children coming in for work, and we said thank you, thank you to Rollins College, who do such a great job last week and thing like that. And the children work hard, yeah. Then do plenty with the keep people kind of beautiful and things like that. And rather right us, we would do work inside the um, Campbell Cafeteria did it on Penn Center campus. So we got plenty more work to grind on over Yona to the Penn School and then got other rest of things for keep people kind of beautiful and going to be to the Library this year week. So we got plenty of things going on where we can't be on the air tomorrow evening. 
So we want to do them this year, even and things like that. Because we ain't got left off. We all want celebration in the Gullah Geechee Nation. So for make sure all the hundred children were there around the world can yet me good and things like that. And and not only yet me, but can stand. Because I'm standing the greatest thing in the world, my mama tell me. I'm going to switch to this so that all of you um, can under and overstand as we continue in our celebration of Women's Her Story Month here on Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio. And our show is still sponsored by the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition. I want to thank everyone who joined the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition this year. We greatly appreciate you because the members we have had joined this year, y'all are no joke. They not only paid membership dues but have come to work during this Gullah Geechee Volunteer Month, or some are scheduled to work later on this month. And so definitely if you want to join us, you can go to net. G-U-E-C-H-E-E, there is no I in Geechee, dot dot net, and you can find out more details about the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition. You can also email us to G-U-L-L-G-E-E, C-O at AOL.com, GoGeeko at AOL.com. If you are coming out to the Coastal Cultures Conference coming up on Saturday at Hunting Island Nature Center beginning at 11 a.m. and running till 5 p.m. or you just want to come down there to become a member, you're welcome to do so. And members, there are still registration spaces open. There aren't too many open. There's less than 10 that are available. But if you'd like to register, you can find the Coastal Cultures Conference at our blog, GullahGeecheeNation.com under Gullah Geechee Events, or you can also go to our Facebook page for the Gullah Geechee Nation, our Facebook fan page, and you'll find the information for our events on the left-hand side of that page, and you can click the Coastal Cultures Conference there, and you can then click the event right link and join us. Go ahead. We need advanced registration because we are serving a Gullah Geechee meal. Well, we're going to do Gullah Geechee home and take know-how for stuff departure. Okay. And then we also have the Gullah Geechee porch talk March 25th at St. Helena Branch, 21st at St. Helena Branch Library, and then our Airs Property and Empowerment Workshop 6 p.m. on March the 25th, also at St. Helena Branch Library. The Gullah Geechee Porch Talk will be at noon on the 21st. The Airs Property Workshop is 6 on the 25th. You can also always join at either of those events. And while our Eventbrite link is still going, you can make contributions to the work of the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition, like what we do to keep this show on the air, at that same link for the coming Coastal Cultures Conference, even if you cannot attend. You can become a member through that link, or you can make a donation toward the work that continues to go on here. Now, one of the greatest parts of the work with the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition is the fact that we housed, we created, we curated the only archive in the world totally dedicated to Gullah Geechee history, heritage, and culture. We have not allowed it to be colonized. That archive is owned by us, operated by us, curated by us, maintained by us, archived by us. And so that is why we need your support in terms of the digitization process so that we can protect things for future generations and we can place them in the cloud so that then if there were, God forbid, 
any further hurricanes in this area or flooding, that we can have those things put aside where they will be here for generations to come. Now, why is this important to us? Because much of our story as African people, and especially as women, has been lost over time because men were the ones writing down history, and that's why it's his story. And so you do not find a plethora of books written about women and what women have done over time as you would find about men who supposedly conquered places or were leaders in particular things. And even when those men worked along with women, more often not the story plays, downplays the role of the women or the women are a footnote or there are a few sentences and then the whole gigantic book will be written about all of the men. So it's critical that we continue to celebrate Women's Her Story Month each and every year in March. And if you are not aware of the overview and the history of how the celebration began, please tune into the archives here and start with the show that I began this month with, and you will get the entire background and history on Women's History Month, as others call it. I call it Women's Her Story Month. Now, it's critical to us in the Gullah Geechee Nation that we document our story and the her story aspect of our story so that in the future people realize the plethora of involvement, the massive engagement of Gullah Geechee women and leading their own community, not just shaking the baby and hand the baby and thing like that. There's a proverb that if you educate a male, you educate one person. But if you educate a woman, you educate a nation. And so, or a female, you educate a nation. And so, it is critical that we continue to educate one another on the truth of our story and not be relegated solely to entertainers and to entertainment and characters for films, but that we actually speak up and are the historians, the lecturers, the presenters on the truth of our story, and that we are the writers of that story. So each and every Women's Her Story Month, I feel it's appropriate for me to start at the beginning and lead up. And so I want people to over and understand the steps that have been taken to have the Gullah Geechee Nation recognized internationally as another nation of the world. And being a female leader of the world, it's always intriguing to me how I can go to places like the United Nations, I can go to England, I can go to other countries at Bahamas and different places and literally and figuratively have the red carpet laid out for me there. And then come back into America and have people who have been put forward to try to attempt to usurp or ignore the work that has been done by the Gullah Geechee Nation citizens to elect their own leader and have other people do political jockeying with the U.S. government to try to be leaders. So there is a parallel to the story, to this woman's life, that I speak about every year during Women's Her Story Month here on Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio. You can find numerous broadcasts where I specifically focus on her life and her story because she is one of our ancestors of the Gullah Geechee Nation due to the fact that she was from Angola. And Angola is where 
the first sets of Africans enslaved here in the Gullah Geechee Nation were stolen from, kidnapped from, directly from the motherland and then brought here because of their blacksmithing skills, because of their other abilities, they were brought here. And so this woman, Anna and Zinga and Bondi, she was an African queen. She was actually a 17th century African leader and queen over the queendoms of Ndongo and Matamba, and which is now Angola. And Zinga was known for her strategy, for her mind, as well as her warrior class ability to literally fight in the field. And she fought for the freedom of her people against the Portuguese who were trying to colonize her area. So when I mentioned the lack of colonization of our archives, this has been an issue brought forth as to why we don't just give away all that I've spent money on personally to amass all the materials that we have for the Gullah Geechee Al-Kivulan archives. Why don't we give it to some other institution that's owned by people who are not Gullah Geechee? And one of our Gullah Geechee Sustainability Think Tank members had to respond to something she was writing for funding to say because we are decolonizing this archive and keeping it decolonized. This colonization issue continues in the minds of people where they seek and they strategize to destroy that which means that the people themselves would be empowered. So once again, that is why tonight is so significant that since I'm going to focus on the women leaders that have been there from the beginning when we took our stand for our human right to self-determination in the Gullah Geechee Nation and outlined for you in detail for you who these women are, so that you will know the truth. And they say, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So I'm always about freedom. So let us free some minds and hearts this evening with the truth. But let's go back in time because I don't feel that myself or any of the women I'm going to talk about here in the Gullah Geechee Nation would have had the mindset, the energy, the, the willpower, the wherewithal to go through all we've been through after people realized that it wasn't some perfunctory exercise like a festival or some kind of just African ceremony celebration that had no weight to it when this happened on July 2nd, 2000, at Sullivan's Island after a year-long election. There, now, as they realize how serious the matter is, they've attempted to bring in people who Gullah Geechee people don't even know who they are for the most part. Um, and to say, well, no, listen to these folks and don't listen to Queen Quentin, the other leaders who were elected of the Gullah Geechee Nation. So it's interesting because this is a similar tactic that was used by the Portuguese, was used by the British, used by others to enslave and attempt to dominate African people. And as we commemorate and celebrate during this international decade of people of African descent, we need to be very mindful of how many people are going to try to exploit that concept, even though the skin may be black and their minds are not. Um, there is also the dynamic of telling the whole story because there are those who still seek to colonize. They seek to engage more in protecting the system of oppression and then working to help get freedom for the oppressed and get equality and human rights for the oppressed. And so they will fight against 
those of us who are awake and well aware of how this system has worked over time and how it currently is still in existence. But now here it is. This is why I go to the parallel of another queen. And Zynga, the ancestry, the Angolan ancestry running through our bloodlines here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, her DNA being within our bloodlines here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, her aspect of consciousness being in our collective consciousness as leaders of the Gullah Geechee Nation. So from the 17th century to the 21st century, here we are dealing with fighting against colonization of African peoples. There was there were independent queendoms and kingdoms in the Central African coast. The Portuguese wanted to colonize Luanda, which is the capital of Angola today, which was founded in 1576. That's a hundred years before, essentially, the Gullah Geechis and the Angolans were brought over to Charlestown, as they renamed it, Chikora, Chikora, which was actually indigenous people's land in North America along this coast, which is now Charlestown today. So a hundred years later, we have this still going on. But now, wanted to colonize that entire region of the Central African coast in order to control the transatlantic slave trade. They wanted to actually be the leaders in this system. And so they attacked many of the same people that previously were the ones that they were, quote, doing business with. They did trade with. Um, in order to try to control that area. So this was never a time of peace. It was always a time of upheaval throughout the transatlantic slave trade, not time, not just for the Africans, but even with the Portuguese and the British and the Spanish and everyone fighting each other to dominate and to try to rule the business world, one might say, the global industry. One might say that was the initial globalization effort that was going on. So, and Zynga saw, she had vision. If it had mother, we didn't think like that. She could see what was coming. And so everything that's ever written about her from the oral histories that had been passed down by the documentation that people have discovered in Angola and other parts of the world that have been written of her battle, her successful battle against this colonization of her queendom was that, she was not going to go down in the way that her brother, who was King Angola and Bondi, went down. He ran from the area. She would not. She decided to fight. She made her areas that she was over into commercial states on equal footing with the Portuguese, which is what made her even more of a threat which makes the Gullah Geechee women leaders of today a threat because they constantly are market women. They are the women who own businesses and operate, which allows you to have independence. They are the women who are in the community educating and encouraging others to do the same. They are the ones encouraging you not to come here and go to a chamber of commerce or someplace like that or an institution run by federal or state agency to determine what Gullah Geechee tour you should take or what restaurants to eat in or where you should stay, but to actually come to the people themselves. That's why we have the website Gullah Geechee.us. 
for you to be able to go there and then connect to authentic Gullah Geechee-owned and operated tour companies and companies that sell our items. Now, when you control the capital that where you live in terms of your capital city, and you can call, control the capital, meaning the financial wealth that comes through there, you now have an independent nation, and you can stand. And so that's why the economic embargo is against the Gullah Geechee Nation's leaders, because if we cannot have our own income coming in, we wouldn't be able to pay land taxes. Then the land goes up on auction. Then the land is removed from under us without any land. We have no Gullah Geechee Nation. So don't be fooled by others who are trying to market to you pure tourism and saying come for entertainment. You need to also engage in under and overstanding the legacy of land ownership in Africa, the legacy of land ownership continued by this branch, the Gullah Geechee diaspora. And that is why it's so critical to under and overstand these parallels in our story. So from that 1500s time, okay, 1576, you have this attempt at colonization in Africa. This woman leading, fighting, and what did she do? She fought financially. She fought economically. She empowered her people. So now the Portuguese colonies were up against a formidable adversary, as they say. So in 1670, the new governor of Luanda, began an aggressive campaign against the queendom of Endogo. He sent troops in to invade the capital, and then that's how they ran out, well, the kingdom of Endogo, and they ran out Nzinga's brother, okay? Thousands of the people there then were enslaved. They were taken as prisoners of war at that time. But now, of course, if these folks wanted to control that coast and the trading of bodies, they didn't remain prisoners of war. They became enslaved people, all right? Now, the king, when he ran, <coughs> decided to send for his sister, who was Nzinga and Bandi. He wanted her to negotiate a peace treaty. In 1621. So we're talking about four years after him getting run out. He wanted her to come and negotiate this peace treaty. So you have four years of this warring and everything just constantly going on. No doubt he wants to be able to get back into his kingdom. He wants things to be a peace for his kingdom, for his sister's queendom, these types of things. Well, his sister did negotiate the peace treaty. But just like people who are at war against you, just because it's something on paper doesn't make them play fair. We have a document on paper that says that, you know, the U.S. government is supposed to work with Gullah Geechee people to empower themselves, but there are certain parties that don't seem to know what that paper means. So they feel that, no, we should send in who it is that should tell the Gullah Geechees what they should be doing and let these people dictate what should be done and who it should be done by, and let's not honor the leaders that are already there. So, again, we see time and again people strategizing against independence by saying, oh, well, you know, we got this treaty, we signed a treaty, we won't do anything, and then they violate the terms of the treaty. Same thing was done with the indigenous American people signing treaties with the the Buckram people, what become upon their land, and then these people not honoring their treaties. 
dirty deals, okay? But they what the C V one say all is fair and love and people say all is fair and war, right? So love and war the two times that anything goes. But now King and Gola and Bondi ended up committing suicide. That is how his sister ended up, and that's why you heard me say queendom earlier and then switch back to kingdom because under his rule it would be a kingdom. Under her rule it's a queendom. He ended up committing suicide after the Portuguese did not honor the treaty. Okay? Now, he actually was poisoned is what a lot of the accounts say, that he was poisoned. And so... We're not sure did he really commit suicide or was he poisoned to get him out of the way as well because, of course, if a brother and sister now can go arm in arm and they join forces and they lead together, that would be stronger than one or the other just leading, right? So now with Ndogo and Nzinga now being over it, she re-entered into negotiations with the Portuguese. And and Dogo still was being attacked now, not only by the Portuguese, but by other Africans. Other African countries and kingdoms and whatnot were starting to attack. And I'm sure some of that had to do with knowing that the previous king had died. Oh, well, if a woman's in charge, we could easily come in. No, it didn't work like that. So what ended up happening was in order to fight against all of this and try to achieve peace. And Zynga decided to become an intermediary. She became an ally for some time with Portugal. And to prove that she was their ally, she became baptized. So that's why you hear the name Anna in front of her name at times because she got baptized as Anna de Sousa and Zynga and Bondi. And so that the colonial governor of Portuguese would be her godfather. Now, so she now had a ally in fighting against her own folk, the other African people who were trying to destroy the queendom of Endogo. But soon as they got all that and they thought she was converted, Portugal betrayed them again. So in 1626, and Zinga ran out, but then continued to war back from the outside. She then became the ruler over Matamba. That's why she had those two different positions, those two different land masses. She then moved from Ndogo to Matamba, and she actually captured Queen Mwogo of Matamba, and then got the army together and made this her capital and then joined it in with Endoko. And so she built up more martial power by being able to combine these soldiers from both areas. And then she got uprisings, or some like to write it as rebellions going. She reached out even to others like the Dutch, because the Dutch were against the Portuguese, so that they could come and they could help her fight, and then she kept trying to combine more and more forces. And so, but Portuguese continued to build up forces and, of course, use other armaments that they didn't have in their countries and started to fight again. So now they went back and forth, times of battle, times of retreat, back and forth. That's what happens in war. But so 
as she was in this midst of war, she couldn't continue to focus on economic aspects, the commercial trade, and having this place be truly a gateway into the interior of Africa through sale and through trade with other countries because all this battle was going on to take over their land. And so this is part of what wearies people. This is what part plays upon minds and can wound in a way that some people never recover and they're not able to continue to fight for their community. However, you are talking about a very strong and powerful woman because in 1661, she was 81. Queen Nzinga was 81 years old, and she remained in power. And not only did she remain in power, they ended up having to honor the fact that her place and Tamba was on equal footing with the Portuguese colonies that they had been able to set up, all because of her intellect, her strategy, her shrewdness, her wherewithal, her stick and then mother would take like that. And so they continued to resist the Portuguese colonization. And it wasn't until after her death that they were integrated into Angola, sometime into the 19th century, actually. And that's when the men were running it. And so here it is that we have a situation where women up and down the coast of the Gullah Geechee Nation saw a similar situation people coming in acting like they wanted peace with us but actually were removing all of our ability to be independent. If you remove the land, people cannot feed themselves from it. If you gate people off from the waterways, they cannot harvest from the waterway. Therefore, if people control your food sources, they'll control you. If people have no economic stand, you can now not farm certain ways because someone makes it illegal for you to farm unless you farm a certain way. To make it illegal and they zone certain areas where you cannot have livestock. And this has been your tradition for generations and generations. And now they try to fine you for what size fish you catch and other things of this nature when you do go out into areas that are not gated off from you. Or they gate you away from even the very grass, the sweet grass that you make your utilitarian objects with that you take in the field, the baskets. Herein lies major problems. Here becomes a situation of dependency because you are forced to have to take jobs that someone else at someone else's business in order to make cash capital. So you become known now as land rich and cash poor, and as a result, people then strategize on how to increase taxes that can only be paid with cash, with legal tender of the United States, not with a chicken egg, not with fish and things. Hold on, I can't bother that. All right. So now you set it up so that you can economically disempower the people and disengage them from even having the capacity to have stability economically themselves. You now set up parallel governments. You set up parallel commissions to their government. You set up 
situations where you have businesses that are not being marketed, even if they join certain chambers of commerce, you set it up at your state and your federal level so that there are historic sites that people would go to in mass because they have the money to fund brochures and ads on television and other areas, and people go there because they think, oh, I get there and I'll see Gullah Geechee's, and we'll drive right by all the Gullah Geechee businesses and Gullah Geechee houses to get to those places. Well, our people were seeing this happen left and right. We heard the stories, the people crying, mothers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers dying of heart failure as they have to move out of their homes where they were born themselves and with even a catchy aunt be or anything like that. For generations they lived on this land and now are being told because they didn't pay the tax, they can't pay the tax, your land has been sold at sheriff's sale. You must move. Or someone else who was, you sent them to school to read, but then they can't read these legal documents, sign something. And by the virtue of them making a mark on that paper, it means that they just gave away all your land. So here in walks the women of the Gullah Geechee Nation who said, that's enough of this. It's time that we can't let the leaf fish and nap on the big fish like this. Big fish and nap on the leaf fish like this year. So they start to step forward. One of the first people to step forward is Elder Carly Terrell, a native of Union Heights in Charleston, the hike in Charleston, South Carolina. Right there on your way out of Charleston, kind of into the North Charleston area, you find the hike. Right now, that has become the new, quote, California gold rush because you now have the sprawl of people who are displaced again out of the city of downtown Charleston off the peninsula, heading further out and being put out into West Ashley and everywhere else and into North Charleston. You have that area now at the hike where people didn't want to live before because of a lot of environmental injustice that was going on around the area and it being considered, you know, poor land, as we might say here, and considered the hood there, that they didn't want to live there. But now everyone's trying to buy these buildings and gentrify, refurbish, restore. So the buildings are going for little or nothing. Families are being displaced out. People are being pushed further and further away from the coast. So once again, what's the battle over? The coast, sound parallel to the story in the beginning? Yes. Well, the Carly Town and the Carly Town Gullah Geechee People Foundation at that time, they were the visionaries behind the creation of the Gullah Geechee Nation flag. They then were the visionaries behind working with Dr. Yusuf N. Cly of the International Human Rights Association for American Minorities, who is now one of the sacred ancestors of the Gullah Geechee Nation, God bless the dead, in then pursuing international recognition by voting in the leader. We already had landmass from Jacksonville, North Carolina, to Jacksonville, Florida, the Sea Islands themselves, and then 30 to 35 miles inland onto the Low Country, to the St. John's River. And so that was already established, had been established, well-documented, well-accepted that these were the lands of the Gullah Geechee people. The U.S. government had acknowledged this numerous times themselves through even Special Field Order 15. There's been numerous documents over time and documentation over time that references to our nation within a nation, even during 
this time of chattel enslavement. Transatlantic slave trade, these words were written. So here it is that it's not hard, it's not a hard sell, as one might say, that these people belong to this land. Many of us have the blood of the indigenous people, Kosovo, Yemisi, Adisto, Cree, that lived here. They also intermarried and had children with much of our African ancestors, the Angola, the Gola, the Gizi, the Mendi, the Temni, the Fik, the Bibio, and the other rest that came here now all called Gullah Geechee. And so here it is that the Gullah Geechee People Foundation put together a petition called Who Speak for We? And then that petition went up and down the coastline of the Gullah Geechee Nation. Someone who was instrumental in moving that petition in Florida was the beach lady, another one of our sacred ancestors of the Gullah Geechee Nation, Marvin Betch, who you've heard me speak about before on this broadcast, and no doubt I will speak about again this month for Women's Her Story Month in a little bit more detail about her life and how it's finally being honored with the American Beach Museum down in Ferndina Beach area and how she fought and held on to American Beach that her great-great-grandpa, Abraham Lincoln Lewis, uh, I think her great-grandfather, Abraham Lincoln Lewis, who was the founder of the Afro-American Life Insurance Company, the first insurance company, not first black one, the first one in Florida, founded that as a black beach resort town. Again, in her DNA was the blood to fight. Her grandfather would have her there looking back past the Middle Passage, back to the motherland letting her know that's where their roots came from, that's where their ancestry came from, and that you were to honor the land because you honor the land, the land will take care of you. So we have that the beach lady as part of our Wisdom Circle Council of Elders. Well, let's go back to Charleston. We have Ernestine Tobias Felder, who was part of the civil rights movement, worked with Dr. King to help train people here in the Gullah Geechee Nation in South Carolina to go out on the marches and to do the sit-ins. They told her she couldn't sit in because she was too much of a hothead, and they knew she'd swing back. But she still worked arm and arm, hand in hand with them during the trainings and with the planning that went on. Another part of our leadership of the Gullah Geechee Nation, who is there during my installment, both a member of our Wisdom Circle Council of Elders and our Assembly of Representatives, who we call the Campbell Sisters, but they're not both Campbell Sisters. One is Miss Rebecca Campbell, and the other is Miss Catherine Braxton. They are the owners of the last two remaining borough houses in Charleston. When you are at Calhoun Street and East Bay, on the way down into the Anson Borough community, where we have the multi-million-dollar grounds where the International African American Museum will be built across from the South Carolina Aquarium and Liberty Square. We are going to be building on a rival square where our ancestors came in. Well, if you were walking down Calhoun Street, the main drag in Charleston, you would walk by the borough houses. And they fought, they've held on to those houses because when their grandfather left from the plantation, made his way into Charleston, he saved up and he bought those buildings. And those are the last two standing, like these two sisters, 
Ms. Campbell and Ms. Braxton are two of the last two standing that can say to me they were there to witness my installment, and they have stood with me from that day forward. They were there to confirm that vote. That's why they can speak the truth to anyone who ever said they wondered how I got elected or they weren't at the election, so they weren't sure. Well, what happened on July 2nd, 2000 wasn't the election. It was a confirmation of a one-year-long election. Those women were there. They were there because they were community fighters all along and all the way throughout their lives. Here we also have Sister Sunshine Anderson, Yvonne Anderson, whose family is out in Cross and all over Charleston, South Kakalaki, who still holds on to the flower lady traditions of Charleston who had the vision for why we need to hold on to the cultural and pass it on to the next generation. Because, again, the flower ladies were the ones who were always the market women. So when you see Market Street in Charleston and you hear folks caroling like, Strawberry! and such, that is part of our story, that is part of our history, along with the flower ladies. And we have Sister Sunshine, as we call her, still holding on to that and still being a part of the Gullah Geechee Angel Network, which is our official 501c3 for the Gullah Geechee Nation, that Elder Carly Town is also the visionary behind. Well, let's go up the road of peace now that we're talking about the women holding on to the traditions and what others call crafts, but what I said earlier was utilitarian. Vera Manigo. Yes, that name Manigo, you hear up and down this coastline. But folks all up and through Hamlet, six mile, seven mile, eight mile, and all through there, hunting a yeti that name. Well, Vera Manigo is the only sweetgrass basket maker that holds a patent for doing her baskets in color. So when you see one that's done in color, it was done by her. She's the visionary behind that. Vera Manigo was part of initial organizations to fight for the rights of sweetgrass basket makers to still be able to go into areas that have been gated off from them and still be able to collect or harvest their grasses so they can continue to do their work and harvest them locally, not have to buy the grass from Florida nurseries and have it shipped all the way to South Carolina in order for them to keep that tradition alive. And you've seen her on numerous documentaries. Someone else you've seen on numerous documentaries was our first minister of protocol, Elder Lisa Wineglass Smalls, whose family comes from Eddie Store Island, a D store as we say and things like that. And those who watch Gullah Geechee TV on YouTube, and you can type in Gullah TV to also find episodes and subscribe to our television station for free. Lisa Wineglass Smalls is a filmmaker. She worked for the television station at the time of my installment in Charleston, documented all of it and has documented much of our journey through the Gullah Geechee Nation and has worked alongside of Elder Carly Town in both the Gullah Geechee People Foundation and now the Gullah Geechee Angel Network and is also an active part of the Gullah Geechee Sustainability Think Tank. She lives in Charleston, downtown Charleston, and now is in West Ashley. So her roots go deep throughout Charleston County, South Kakalaki. And then we can continue northward, and we end up in Georgetown, and we end up with the Gullah Oman, Vermel Bunny Rodriguez, who is a native of Georgetown, South Carolina. Many of you have read about her when 
we had the first election of U.S. President Barack Obama, and she was able to do a quilt with her quilting circle. She has the Gullah Oman quilt she's made for years, and I remember when I first met her and her husband, Andrew, who owned the Gullah Museum downtown Georgetown now. Many of you who are Gullah Geechee Nation, Facebook fans and Gullah Geechee TV fans, you've seen images of their new museum when we had our event and our festival, our Gullah Geechee Nation International Music and Movement Festival, go to pay homage and to do libation ceremonies in Georgetown last August. You saw us there at the Gullah Museum. Well, during the first election of President Barack Obama, she was able to make a quote that Michelle Obama, whose roots stem out of Georgetown, was able to see that actually denoted not just a Gullah Oman quilt this time, but to actually denote the history. It's a storybook quilt of Michelle Obama's family's roots from Georgetown and how they ended up out in Chicago. And so that quilt got featured in a lot of media. And so people have heard of her being even at Friendfield, the lands that Michelle Obama's people left from here and migrated out west. Okay, and then she was able to educate Michelle Obama directly about the fact that we here in the Gullah Geechee Nation have been trying to make contact with her as a Gullah Geechee woman for her to use the national platform to inform others about the existence of the Gullah Geechee Nation and we co-tend take what did on and how for whole upon them. And so I have then journeyed with money to various events over the years and I have used the, the Gullah Oman quilt that I initially got from her at the Gullah Flea Market when it still existed on Hilton Head when we started up for the first time the Native Islander Gullah Celebration. And so I'll never forget when I heard the husband, Andrew, saying to people that this Gullah Oman quilt, actually the woman in the middle, is Queen Quet because she holds the stories in the basket that's on top the head. And so it has been a blessed journey being with these women in the very beginning. They had vision. They had fight. They had the wherewithal, in spite of others not understanding human rights law and international self-determination, they stood firm and over the years then brought into the ranks sisters like Anita Collins, who we want to give a special prayer for and take another moment of silence for her mother, Ms. Alice Collins, who just made her crossing and who was just interred on yesterday. Amen. And Anita and her mother, natives of Brunswick, Georgia, she has been a part of standing for not only various historic sites such as Selden Park in Brunswick, but she has been part of the starting of the Tunis Campbell celebration that we have at the beginning of April every year. It is interesting that Tunis Campbell's birthday is the exact same date that was the date in his story, our story, her story, and the world story of me being the first Gullah Geechee to ever speak before the United Nations in Geneva, Switzerland, and that's April 1st. So every year the Tunis Campbell celebration surrounds April 1st, and this year we'll be having a Gullah Geechee porch talk in Brunswick at Respect for Life Bookstore on that Friday following the 1st. And so we'll be saying more about that on the air here. 
my sister Anita Collins, who is now representative for the Gullah Geechee Nation and has been for many, many years, has been an effective leader in terms of alerting our people and awakening our people there to environmental injustices that have taken place, as well as these human rights violations damaging, up, uprooting our institutions and uprooting our community. And so we definitely salute her and our prayers are with her in this time of bereavement right now, and we pray that her mom's spirit made peaceful passage unto God's arms. And so then also going back down south, we have our representative from Florida, Sister Glenda Simmons Jenkins, who has also worked alongside our Wisdom Council member, Ms. Jean, as we call her. And so we have some blessed women in Florida who part the chat, y'all, always shouting, always glorifying, and always being part of the leading, but leading through God's vision, not leaning to their own understanding, but leaning toward God's understanding of what need be done for our community, especially in northeast Florida, when a lot of people in the Jacksonville area, in the Yuley area, in the Fernandina Beach area will tell you, they're not Gullah Geechee, but their cousins or their uncles, their mama and their auntie or anybody else that lives in Georgia or South Carolina is, but somehow they're not. And so it's a hard road to hold. So it's a thing to try to really get through to folks. It's not an easy job. And so we thank Sister Glenda and Ms. Jean and those for being an active part of the creation and the continuation of the Gullah Geechee Cultural Heritage Committee of Northeast Florida. And so you have a legacy of our story. You have a legacy of her story with all of these women. And every woman I mentioned, with the exclusion of Ramel Bunny Rodriguez and Miss Campbell and Miss Braxton and Miss Ernestine Tobias Felder and the Beach Lady, their mothers have always been a part of the work we've been doing as well. We might not see them all the time because their mothers may have gotten older or ill or couldn't just come to every event, but their mamas be coming to them events. And when they're not physically there, they're praying for our events and they're praying for the Gullah Geechee Nation. They're praying especially that the people would wake up and unite and not allow themselves to return unto bondage and not allow their minds to be colonized, not allow other people to take over their coast, not allow other people to remove from them their economic ability to work together. So we're thankful for visionaries like our representative Glenda Simmons Jenkins and her company, Plum Cake Enterprises, that she has going. And then we have GullahGeechee.biz, where you can purchase many of the books that folks like Elder Carlytown has written, books that I've written, CDs, other things. And we're continuing to add to that marketplace because we now have many Gullah Geechee healers that are coming up, and we're going to be interviewing a couple of those sisters before this month is out on the air here so that you know who they're going to be because those are some of the younger Gullah Geechee Oman yet coming forward, yet with that spirit of Nzinga, yet with that warrior's vision that is ultimately led by God's centering and the direction that we are to go in and trust. If Hone ain't know where Hone did it from, Hone ain't going to know where Hone did it So that is why we honor that spirit of the warrioress 
and Zynga. We honor the Angolan sister ancestors that have put this blood into us and put this spirit within our souls to fight on, hold on, just a little while longer. Everything going be all right. That's what our elders shouted in the bush of and the brush of. That's what they fought for. And we are so thankful that we had them, that there was a journey where somebody prayed for me, had me on their mind, took the time and prayed for me. And this was one of our ancestral mothers who knew not my name because I had not yet been born. We give thanks for every day. We give thanks for all of these elder mothers yet praying for the Gullah Geechee Nation, yet praying for our journey, yet praying for our minds that they remain free. And as I tell Hona Chillin all the time, Hona take three, Hona be free. Most all, no say who Hona be. We be Gullah Geechee, anointed people. And thank God we can shout. Because we free. And so I'm thankful for all the confidence that all of you have had in me that continue to support my journey. I'm even thankful to all of you who don't necessarily support me physically, but you sure be tuning into this show and Gullah Geechee TV and Gullah Geechee Nation's Facebook fan page. You following at, at Gullah Geechee on Twitter, at Gullah Geechee on Instagram to see how God is orchestrating what is a blessed journey. So thank you, because you are yet continuing to help us write the pages of our story, her story. And thank you, thank you for the Gullah Geechee Oman, because we journey together. This year the Queen Quet, head upon the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. Thank you, thank you, Hunter Chillin, for joining in one more again to Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. Be back with Hunter Chillin next week, y'all. Stand up. Stand strong and fight. We're going to be up there at the hearing this week against that oil drilling around this year course in Mount Pleasant. Join we in Charleston and Mount Pleasant as the battle goes on to keep the colonization off we course. Peace and blessings, folks.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.